Hello, my name is Daniel Kelly and this is May Contain, the podcast breaking the stigma of what it's really like living with a severe food allergy. I have lived with a peanut allergy since I was five, so I'll be talking about the different situations I've come across over the last 20 years living with food allergy, whether that's dating, going out with your friends, living abroad, hopefully give you guys like a really good insight into what it's like living with a food allergy. So on today's podcast, I'm speaking to Polly and Polly didn't find out she had a severe allergy until the age of 25 years old. And when she told me, I could not believe it. Like, I just couldn't get my head around it because you just presume everyone who's got an allergy are diagnosed when they're like really young. So in this podcast, we talk about her finding out when she was 25, we talk a little bit about like a job, so she gets to travel a lot with an allergy. We also delve into like how she brings it up when she's in restaurants or around friends. I think it's such a big topic because I recently done like a survey on my Instagram and over 56% of people feel embarrassed to speak up about the allergy. So I'll speak a little bit um, about that to Polly and how she kind of like communicates she's got an allergy in a restaurant, which is like really interesting. If you're new to Make and Tay, make sure to hit that subscribe button and a massive thank you to everyone who's written me a view on iTunes. That honestly means so much and really appreciate everyone's support. So grab yourself a tea, get a biscuit and let's get this podcast started. Her experience, because she didn't find out about allergy till like later on when in, in her late teens. So um, yeah, we're going to speak to her and talk about her experience with an allergy. How are you doing? Hi, Dan. Yes, I'm very well, thank you. But so, yes, I found out much later in my life. I was 25 um, and it was a complete surprise to me. Um, and it's a bit unheard of, you know, obviously you found out when you were... Five, yeah, like, I was really surprised. So when I got introduced to Polly like, and she told me that she didn't find out about her allergy until she's 25, I was really took back because I didn't think like you could and how just so later on like in your, in your teens or like early adulthood so I mean I've had it since since I was five as a kid so I was really surprised about how you found out when you was 25 like I how feel, did... yeah I feel like I was a little bit cheated because I got to taste the nuts and um, understand why certain comedians love them so much um, and the fact that um, they're a favorite snack by most people However, um, yes, unfortunately, um, I woke up in a hospital bed after having six, I think, attempts of adrenaline. Um, luckily, six. Yes, wow. I was incredibly lucky. Um, the story can be very long-winded, so I'll do the short version. Um, I was um, back home at the time. My parents had got a Chinese in, and I so happened that I was peckish in between and went to the cashews. And as I tried the cashew, I felt like it was acid on my tongue. So I spat it straight out. Did you, did you never have in contact with cashew before then? Or? I loved cashews. This oh, was wow. the leftover box from Christmas, which I pretty much had eaten the whole lot of. So, <laughs> um, yeah. And in fact, peanut butter on toast, uh, Nutella, um, praline chocolates used to be my favorites. Um, yeah, I, I was a bit of a nutter. I like nuts. So um, when the nut touched my tongue, I felt like it was acid. I think, quote unquote, from my father, who won't mind, he said, at the age of 25, I was an Oscar-winning actress in the performance that I did in the kitchen. Um, I, very dramatic then. Very dramatic. Um, no one was taking me seriously. So I was a bit of like a, maybe a troubled teenager. And I ran out of the house. Um, by the time I got back to the house, um, realizing the doctors had closed, 
that um, my breath had changed. Um, visually, I could see my face in um, glass cupboards, and I'm sure you've all watched Hitch the movie. Yeah. Um, I was turning into the elephant woman. I literally had swollen up. It was up. literally a replica of that scene where Will Smith looked into totally. the mirror and his like, eyes are swollen and his totally. mouth and lips. And totally. And I literally turned around and looked at my father and went, look at me, like this. <laughs> Which he ran into the into the hallway to phone the doctors. My mum followed him and phoned the ambulance. So I was incredibly lucky. We were living in a village at the time. They had just dropped off an old person in an ambulance. And they were less than a couple of minutes away and were able to come and pick me up. Um, had they have had to have come out from the nearby town, the likelihood of me surviving, I was told, was pretty nil. Wow. It's crazy to think like how your body could tolerate it. Like you said, like you was eating cashews before that and then your body's turned around and said, you know what? Mm-hmm. I can't tolerate nuts anymore. So that, for, for me, that really surprised me that you was fine eating it before then your body can doctors, just change. Yeah. So the doctors said that perhaps um, I, was, I wasn't aware that maybe I had headaches or symptoms and maybe I linked them to other things and I wasn't aware that it was a nut. Um, and actually that summer I had, um, I felt like I was getting hay fever, which um, again, living in uh, the country, I was a bit of surprised about. And I later found out that I was actually using a nut-based cream on my face. And really I was, the reason why my eyes were so puffy and red and sore was not because I was, you know, had problems with pollen. It was the fact that... Um, I was poisoning myself every night. So your body was like kind of telling you then. It's showing me signs. It, yeah. There were small signs before the large episode. So it built up. Um, again, I was round for dinner with friends. I had a chocolate and again, just spat it straight out of the table, which again, you wouldn't expect someone to do when they're 25, but it did feel like some, like I was eating acid, that it was just burning a hole in my tongue. So, which I couldn't understand because yeah. I'd eaten lots of, you know, I hadn't, didn't see it as being a problem. But yeah, so that was an, uh, an episode for me. And actually, when I woke up and I was incredibly swollen and because of the amount of adrenaline that I had for days afterwards, I found it even hard to um, hold a knife and fork because my body was recovering from everything that I'd had. Um, the it's, treatment to try and you know yeah it's funny back. you say that I was I met up with um someone recently from from the blog and she was saying that when she went into anaphylactic shock like for days after she was so tired and like she couldn't lift herself out of bed and I didn't realize the I didn't realize because I've never touched wood and never had an anaphylactic shock but I didn't realize the effect it, mm. it has on you after the days after yeah. Having the shot. My mum, I remember my mum had to feed me at the age of 25 and like even peel fruit. And it was about after a week after that I slowly started to recover and realised that life would never be the same again in the sense that day to day, even trying to explain yourself that and trying to get my head around it myself, like even my choice of um, my, what I'd have on toast was a consideration in the morning. And I remember going to the doctors and they gave me lots of pamphlets to read and and kind of advised me what to not eat. And 
I completely I completely went one way where I cut out far too much. Like I felt so scared to even eat chocolate. So like did you did you feel like the anxiety at that age? I imagine for me as as a kid you you grown up with it. So don't get me wrong, I still do get anxiety now when I go out mm. and eat at restaurants, but imagine that at twenty five realizing that you can't probably eat out the restaurant she's mm. eating before. Do you feel like the anxiety did really kick in at that age? Yeah, I think I felt like choice had completely been taken away from me. And I felt like my diet, um, I did, I thought things wouldn't be as fun. You know, eating out wouldn't be the experience it was as, you know, because I'm a foodie and, and to say that then all of a sudden, but, you know, there's been a lot of change since then. So I think for a year, it really affected me. How's your anxiety now when you, when you eat at restaurants, you feel a lot more kind of relaxed and you, cause you're aware, obviously you. You've lived with it now, yeah. obviously, a lot longer than like, when you well, were 25. Been, yeah. yeah, it's been 15 years. Um, in the early stages, I found it really hard to explain it in restaurants. In f- I would be embarrassed. Um, I would have to rely on friends to say, because I felt like I was then given a special treatment or a restricted meal choice. Um, and sometimes I wouldn't want to say it. Um, and then I went through a phase of thinking the best thing to do is just say I'm a nutter and call it out and it's probably the best way in it just so like get it out way, there and it just to get it out there breaks the ice in it yeah so yeah there's been a lot of you know sometimes I, I I can forget which is the worst thing is forgetting what in restaurants yeah like I'll go to a cafe and I think I'm making the right choice so I went to a local cafe for lunch and I ordered what was a toasted sandwich I checked the ingredients I didn't think there would be a problem where they were toasting it and they toasted it with obviously other toasted sandwiches that contained nut traces and by the time I'd got back to the office um, I was being put in a taxi or actually Ted wanted to call an ambulance but one of the things I have learned from having various attacks is to not panic I learned that the when I first had my very first attack back in the kitchen in Devon I over panicked because I wasn't sure what was happening to my body and what, does that make it worse you yeah, don't because you don't know if you're swollen up then well the adrenaline you're basically pumping it round your body so you're basically making this is my theory on it you're just making yourself panic so the reaction is that it's it speeds up the process and that's where I ended up going unconscious because I couldn't my body couldn't cope with it and I couldn't cope with it and I remember seeing my parents pixelated like a you know when a tv goes black and white they were looking at me and their faces will be recorded in my memory forever I actually thought I was saying goodbye in the sense that that's what I witnessed. So I know now... Well, when you went into that... The very very first first attack I had, because I I believe I panicked, I think you speed up the process. So now I know that if I'm swelling, the best thing to do is not panic. So teach everyone around you, not panic. Most people think, where's the pen? I'm going to stab you. I'm going to like... I think people panic around you and it makes it a lot worse. So if they panic, you have to try and get everyone to stay calm. And I think most people in in the business now know the best thing to do is to be calm. And I 
often just have an antihistamine because sometimes I can just feel a scratchy eye or my throat and I know what's happening. I, I can feel something's happening and I know whether it's airborne or say I, I recall a director talking to me and he had a graze box in the office when it was a massive craze. And um, in the graze box, obviously, there's there's nuts and he'd eaten a graze box and we were then in a meeting and he was talking directly at me and just from him talking at me his his breath I started to get a reaction and I had to walk away and go and take an antihistamine I've I've had that before I find that like if I get I think I'm having an allergic reaction or sometimes it might just be my anxiety but I do take an antihistamine and I always feel at ease in my mind as well, even mm. if I'm not having an allergic reaction, I've had antihistamine and I'll be fine. Mm. And I do that <laughs> monthly sometimes. I'm, I know that I'm not having an allergic reaction, but I'll just take an antihistamine and it makes me feel a bit of ease. But I think mm. it's so important, like like you said, like definitely don't panic because mm. I've realised that, I've, I mean, I've had a few serious like allergic reactions um, and I find that like when I see my mum panicking, it panics me. So I always find that I always say to my parents like don't panic because it stresses me out mm. then but I, th- I think I think I agree I think what you're saying like when you're saying that you probably do lead it on more if if you are getting more panicked up kind of thing because you don't know then if, if you're net swollen or not and mm. I think it is best for you like really relaxed and then you know then it, if it's my net swollen can I breathe like rather than being panicking because when you panic it feels like you can't breathe anyway yeah if it's you, like a mix yeah of you can yeah you can definitely if you remain calm and you're, you know your own body, the worst thing is to do is to go unconscious and not be in control of the situation. Is there anything, for me, when I, was, when I got diagnosed when I was five, um, I had to give up certain chocolates. So I had to give up um, the Milky Way bar and the wagon wheel. Do you, remember, do you remember the wagon wheels? Yeah, I remember wagon wheel. So I think the wagon wheel said, like, I think it, it had, like, hazelnut. I might be wrong, and I, I think with the Milky Way, or it might be the other way around, it said may contain nuts. Mm. And as a kid, I had to give that up, and I was absolutely gutted. As you can imagine, as a five-year-old, your mum's telling me that you can no longer eat your favourite chocolate, seem like the end of the world. Mm. Is there anything you had to like give up which you really enjoyed in the past, whether that be your rest food or Thai, or is, it, is there anything you felt? Cereal was, crunchy nut cornflakes was a go-to, whether it was in the morning or a snack like, you know, when you're at uni, yeah, last thing yeah. at night. Um, actually having, you know, uh, nuts um, flavour in your coffee. I used to quite like that, which oh, yeah. obviously couldn't have. Um, I've never experienced that. I imagine it's like having syrup, right? Yeah. And it just, yeah. So it was just, yeah, it's things like that. And just praline and pesto is another big thing for me, which I only found out on a work trip to Italy that actually I was allergic to pine cut, you know, it falls under the nut family. Um, And one of the things the doctors said to me is they couldn't test me for nuts because of the seriousness of my um, first reaction. They wouldn't recommend it. Um, And then since I went on a work trip to Italy and on that weekend, I learned that I was allergic to pine kernels, which, you know, is you know what they use in certain restaurants use it in pesto as well so even that savory side having to give it up as well was a disappointment you find i only found out recently 
in regards to like pesto that some pesto has nuts in and some doesn't some yeah some restaurants are actually like zz i can call them out as a restaurant their pesto doesn't um contain nuts because i went to italian in germany and i asked for pizza and, and mentioned i've got a really severe nut allergy and i showed the google translate on my card to say well, i've got a severe allergy and when the pizza arrived, it looked like it had like pesto on the side. So I panicked and like shouted them over and I was like, is this pesto? And I was like, yeah, this is pesto. And I was like, I've just told you I've got a really severe, like severe allergic reaction, um, allergy. I've just told you no pesto or nothing. He's like, no, no, it's got no nuts in it. Mm. But I got too paranoid then. So I was like trying to like wipe the plate and make mm. sure that like it didn't touch the pizza. But I mean, that was news to me recently about like. Yeah, that was that. I only learned that a couple of years ago. That you can, you know, it depends what, how they make it. But, um, yeah, it was a disappointment, even pine nut, to, you know, because you can use it in your own cooking as well. Um, but it's something to actually cut something else to be able to live is, is you know, what would most people choose. Yeah. And I think that's that's the message to get across. You know, it's not it's not a life choice to cut something out. Um, from a dietary point of view, it actually is life or death. Yeah. Um, and I, don't, I think some people don't understand the sense of that as no. well. And I think like some people think you're making a fuss because you've got an allergy, but I don't think they understand that if you do eat something and your net swells up, then mm. there is a potential that you could die off the back mm. of your allergy. And I think for me, I find if my, if you don't, if they don't know anyone with an allergy, they don't understand the seriousness of what comes with that. Mm. And it's only like my close friends and obviously my work colleagues now who understand that the seriousness of my allergy. But before, I think for me, before I moved into um, kind of like the creative department, they didn't have anyone mm. with severe allergies. So they probably didn't understand how serious it was. So sometimes I put food out behind me. Like it could be like a cake with nuts in it or mm. it could be nuts. And I like, I was like, what are you doing? Like uh, you, you can't, that's right next to my desk. Like mm. so I had to move it. And I think it's just educating people. Yeah, it's definitely an education piece. Um, and not being scared to talk about it. And I think um, only a few people witness my allergy um, for the first few years. Um, that Italian trip um, in the business, two menswear designers was on that trip, and they then saw how serious um, the allergy was. Up until you can, not that you want to have an attack, but until someone sees it, do they appreciate what you have to go through um i've had it in new york before when um we've flown out on business and um we all had one cocktail on the roof before dinner and i remember feeling like i had a really bad sore throat and i thought it was just from the airline you know being on the plane and i went to bed and i woke up i think about 2 a.m and as I opened my eyes, I knew something was wrong. I knew my face had swollen and I managed to get to the bathroom mirror and I was like praying, praying before I put the light on. And as soon as I put the light on, I, I knew. I, straight away. I knew. So I had to wake up my director, which was the worst thing in the world to wake <laughs> the director up. It was really quite scary. Yeah, like... And also I looked horrific. Um, but that at that moment, to have the team see you when you're very vulnerable, but also reala realizing how extreme it is. Yeah. Everyone then had a sense of wanting to look after me 
when we were out for dinner, they knew that when I asked or made a claim that I, you know, I have not a claim, but I am, I have a nut allergy. People took it more seriously. Um, so they're a bit more aware now of like the yeah, there's of awareness about because of it. what happened. Yeah, definitely. So was was that reaction? Was that off a cocktail? Was it? Yeah. So we'd been. Um, it wasn't a drink that I'd had, but they were. Um, there must have been something in the air. Whether so, somebody nearby had some nuts, um, but it wasn't anything that I had eaten or 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 had to drink. So with. Within Some cases, Dan, I've never, I've not been able to pinpoint what it was um, that's triggered it. Um, she must be so, so sensitive to the fact that like, it could be someone touch a glass or mm. it could be whether it's in the same shaker. Mm. I find that with, um, with cocktails, they'll panic a little bit because if they don't wash the shaker properly, then it could be traces of nuts and mm. obviously like... Stick to beer or wine. Yeah. <laughs> Stick to beer. Like. <laughs> um, with obviously... With work, you get the opportunity to travel up with the mm. job role um, to different countries. Do you find having the allergies has, has stopped you travel to certain countries? Or if it hasn't, then how have you overcome that in terms of making the hotel aware or the restaurant aware about your allergy in a foreign country? Um, I, it hasn't stopped me. I've, yeah, I've, had, I've traveled to all the countries that the business has needed me to travel. Um, sometimes I find the... Um, Meals can be quite limited in the sense that people think the safest option is to give fruit, um, which... What, in where, restaurants? Or, you know, if you're going out for client dinners, um, there is a sense of panic. I remember um, going to China and we'd been traveling pretty much all day and breakfast started on the roads where the um, clients we were with um, had bricked, picked up breakfast buff, um, muffins and the muffins, I was just like, I can't eat them. Um, and it wasn't, it was the sense that sometimes it's not on everyone's agenda and it was missed. So by the time we got to the restaurant, they'd phoned ahead um, that evening to say I had an, a nut allergy. And um, I remember going into a room which was tiny, only had like a table in it for the 10 people we were all eating. And then the whole of the kitchen staff came into the room, including all the chefs. Wow. (laughs) Um, And there was loads of silver cloches all over the the table and they started to take them off. And there was one silver cloche left on my desk, on my plate setting. And so there was loads of Chinese food and it smelled delicious. And if you've, you know, traveled, you're so hungry, you want to eat something. And then they unveiled my cloche. Under my cloche was a fried Spam sandwich, um, four little quarters with a cocktail stick with a little decoration. And whilst I was famished, A, I didn't think it was going to keep me going. And B, I was just like, I was a bit disappointed. Yeah, I can imagine but I if know, eating this but amazing I think, food around But I think well. they had tried so hard to think what they could give me. Um, so, and the whole of the kitchen staff were just wanting to see me enjoy it. So I, I ate it in front of them and washed it down with a can of Coke. So I had a bit more energy. But um, yeah, that's, you know, there are sometimes some funny stories. Um, one of our suppliers actually, 
has made me some special cards. So especially when I'm traveling in the Far East, I can properly explain in every language um, my allergy um, because it is very hard to get Do you ever use Google Translate? I mean, I've used that and I quite like the fact, obviously it translates to any language, but when you rotate the phone, it does it to the full size of your screen, which is so quite easy some, to show. Sometimes they still don't get it. Okay. So it's, yeah, sometimes it needs to be written how they would see it. Yeah. So, um, and then it needs further explanation. So, I mean, the cards I've found brilliant for when I'm traveling in the Far East. I was going to say that. I was going to say, for me, the Google Translate works really well in Europe. Mm. But I've never really traveled to the Far East. I've always been a bit too kind of like worried about my allergy kind of thing. So I imagine it works better using the cards. They are very, they are very accommodating once, you know, once they know. And in most cases, it's more peanut that's in their food and it's not in that much. Um, but yeah, it's an education piece. So if I was going to travel to the Far East, then I probably would be safe if, if I make it really clear to them. Make it really clear, yeah. Like You'll that. be able to eat, Dan. Yeah, <laughs> I'm worried that I'll have to bring like a suitcase that's like full food, of like pot food. noodles and yeah. like packets of rice like what can put in the microwave like that I think that's the only thing what I feel is stopping me like traveling around mm. to the Far East and I find a lot of people my age go to places like Thailand or Thailand like, I've been holidaying um, several times and I would say Thailand food again um their their food there isn't many options with nuts no, I find that it's I've always been able to eat them When you're flying with an allergy, do you find that airlines do they take your allergy serious or do they not? Because obviously it's been a lot in the news recently about mm. airlines not taking allergies serious enough. And this, I mean, there's a recent um, story in the press about two brothers who flew with um, an airline and basically they got chucked off because they refused not to sell nuts on the flight. Mm. So they ended up getting chucked off the flight and obviously the press obviously spoke a lot about that and also with um there's the uh, musician um Julipa who sister's got severe allergy and the same thing happened again like there was on an airline and they refused to do the announcement and they said they were they're going to refuse to like sell nuts on the flight as well and obviously she tweeted about that and obviously got a lot of traction because of her status within the industry um how's your experience been with i've airlines? had varied experiences i've had some brilliant experiences and then not so great experiences um i remember when i was uh, about two years ago i was going to morocco on holiday with my husband and a particular airline as soon as they found out i had a nut allergy they made everyone um aware in the cabin and um in fact it was another person flying behind me who refused to not eat nuts so they offered him everything um to so get he blatantly refused. he refused and he kicked up such a fuss and said did you speak to him did um you? i didn't speak to him directly because i didn't like how he was talking to the stewards and i didn't really want to give him more of a soapbox because yeah. he was taking over the flight and the stewards were amazing. Um, and I was very, very grateful on how they dealt with the situation. Um, 
earlier. I feel like that's such a shame, though. Like mm. for someone not to take someone's life serious enough, or not understanding the seriousness of having an allergy. But don't you yeah. think that's? Do- I think sometimes people think it's a choice. People don't realise that a nut allergy is not us cutting something out for a dietary. You know, oh, nuts are fattening. I want to cut them out. You know, it's not that choice. It, it's life and death. And I think that's where it just needs to be made more aware um and maybe not joked about or um made it into stand up comic lines because people would then take it more seriously and there's a lot more snacks out there to serve on a plane um but it's not just the snacks so i would say um it's also thinking about the menu choices um lots of airlines now um i think it was about 3 years ago when i was um applying for a visa and our travel bookings team always advised that I've got a nut, nut allergy. And um, I had to get a doctor's note and I had to get, um, I have to travel with a doctor's note at all times. With I always travel with my EpiPen and I always have to present it when I check in. And they I didn't know that. I never had a doctor's note. I always yeah. tell them. It's certain airlines yeah. that requested it oh, okay. and I was being booked on a flight that this particular airline said they wouldn't fly me. I was flying to Dubai at the time and it became a real headache and I had to um, present a doctor's note to do this particular flight. In essence, um, I got a fruit platter, which depending on where you're flying, I, I love fruits, I'm not picky, but if you're doing an 11-hour flight to China... Fruit, gonna be enough to fruit's not your... really going to keep you going and when they and then sometimes you get vouchers to spend at the airport and then not all all vendors at the airport allow you to eat or purchase food from them so it becomes it becomes such a problem that it's almost like you need to buy your food in yourself um and then I also am a little bit that, nervous that's about a bit of an issue though because I find like you know when you've got to bring the food on the flight obviously you can't bring your own food through security checks so you've literally got to get through the airport and see and then what, buy it and see what's around and you find that I had this panic in um was it Heathrow where we was literally running around because we thought we didn't want to miss the flight but we're literally trying to run around and see where I can get food which is not free and in the end, we went to three different restaurants and each one couldn't really guarantee it. I was like, well, we don't want to take that risk. So in the end, I think I was on like an eight, nine hour flight and I just had to buy two lots of ham sandwiches to get me through. And it's and that's the whole thing I find with um, kind of whole story with prep. Number one, it wasn't labelled on the packaging, but as well as if you are going to, buy food you're not going to go online to see whether you can have it you just presume like it's going to be labeled clearly yeah, on the definitely. packaging and i think obviously it's it's a shame and it's really sad that unfortunately like someone's or natasha's passed away because of of prep's wrongdoing mm. and not labeling it clearly on the food and i think they don't understand as all uh, these companies as well like when you even even if they say oh like check online or whatever mm. when you're rushing to get a flight you Number one, sometimes you don't even have Wi-Fi or 4G. Mm. You're not going to check online to see whether it's got nuts in it or not when you're in a rush to get a flight kind mm. of thing. And then obviously you're not going to have internet when you're on the flight. So I think the thing is, is that the airlines who offer out the fruit platters um, is all good intentions. But then if they're also going to serve nuts within their menus, what's the point? 
And that like often happens. Yeah. It's a contradiction. Um, in I flew back from LA recently with work and um, I was presented with a fruit platter. They made an announcement, which was brilliant. And they then proceeded at breakfast to serve the entire flight with a Danish pastry with a pecan nut and a granola yogurt, which contained almonds. So two nuts, base product that the whole flight took. So even though they didn't present to feed me, they fed it to everybody else and everybody else around me. But then... Well, they'd done the announcement as well, didn't they? And they'd done the announcement. So... They, and they knew I was on the flight um, because I'd requested a nut-free meal. The only positive I've ever read about airlines and flight was um, that um, a little kid, maybe eight or nine, went into anaphylactic shock. And, and luckily, he didn't realise he was allergic to nuts as well, so he was very young. And luckily, someone on the flight realised the symptoms he was having and administered the EpiPen. Yeah. And that saved his life. Yeah. But and if the they wasn't aware, then he would have, unfortunately, he, he wouldn't have survived mm. that fight. Off but the also the that. stewards um, said they can, all, they can all administer the EpiPen, which is brilliant. It's great that they've had that training. But what, you know, I, I applaud that they've had the training. Just don't serve the nuts. You know, even to a comedian well, in first you... class. Yeah. Well, saying that, I was, you, you mentioned about the not serving nuts, but I just find it so crazy that they would do the announcement and then carry on serving nuts. Like I think, luckily, I was asleep because um, obviously the Oscars have just happened and there was lots of films I wanted to watch, so I had fallen asleep at that point. And I think had I been awake, then that's when the panic might have set in, because you can you can see it happening around you, and there's that panic that you can't, you shouldn't breathe. You know, and you also don't want to say to people, "Can you not eat that?" You definitely like, wouldn't have served it to everyone on the flight as no, well. Like, but even yeah, being on a packed yeah. tube station uh, train, like I was saying the other day, um, someone just proceeded to open nuts, and I understand nuts are a great healthy snack, and they they're good for that, and they give you a source of energy. But when you when you've got a nut allergy and you're on a packed tube and you can't go anywhere, but you want to be able to say to that person, please, can you, yeah, not, can you not eat nuts? Eat nuts. Me, yeah. But then you also don't want to cause an argument because certain people might not take it very well. You're almost in a closed box like an airline with nowhere to go. So I think awareness piece about nuts needs to just make yeah, more people aware. Definitely on a... Um on the topic of like the tube, like I've had that experience before where you see someone eating nuts. I either get off the carriage and go into a different carriage at the next stop, or there's been one time where a girl sat next to me and she took out this like biscuit bar and I went, Oh, sorry, by the way, does that have nuts in? She was like, Yeah, and I was like, Oh, so you can just make sure you don't eat it. I've got severe allergy, and like they are sometimes they are understanding, but yeah. I mean, for me, I really panic sets in is like when I get on a train because obviously on a train, the they don't do the announcement for a start and then you've really got to be aware of what other people are eating around you. And I was on a recent trip from uh, Manchester back to London and I actually wrote a post on the Instagram story saying that I get really bad anxiety when I get on a train because you don't know if people are going to eat nuts around you or near you. And as I posted that, I seen um, a little girl who sat with her mum take out a bag and I was like, and I was I thought it was nuts. I just said like, my instinct was like, that looks like nuts. I'm pretty sure it's nuts. 
So I had to turn around to the to, to the parent. I said, oh, I hope you don't mind. But I was like, is your daughter eating nuts? And she went, yeah. And I went, I'm really, really sorry, but I've got a, a severe allerg- allergies to nuts. You, can she refrain from eating nuts around me? Like, I don't want an allergic reaction kind of thing. And she was really understanding. But there's been other times where I, I ate someone ordered nuts behind me, like when the guy goes along on the trolley in the aisle. And I turned around to her and I said, I've got severe allergy. Please, can you not buy nuts? Or you can buy nuts, but just don't eat them behind me. And she was like, um, and she was a bit argumentative and was like, well, I'm going to eat. Oh, no, can you not move seat? And I said, well, no, not really. It's a packed, it's a packed train. Um, my allergy is really serious and I, my neck will swell up and I will die if, if I come in contact with nuts. And then she kind of like smug, like a bit of a smug and then she didn't eat nuts. But um, yeah, I don't think, like you said, that I don't think people understand the, the mm-hmm. serious of it sometimes. But I think... Um, but that's why it's important about may contain that you've started up and trying to raise awareness that way and to make more people aware of the plight of people who unfortunately can't eat nuts yeah definitely like young young um young adults because you, you find that the age 16 and 25 they're the ones like most at risk because number one they don't carry the epipen or number two they feel a bit embarrassed to talk about it so i think i think for me like it was the whole purpose is getting people to like speak up about their allergy and and making sure they do carry the epipen i think that's such a main thing like mm. i mean do you carry yours everywhere you go yeah and it's one in my desk drawer and most people know how to use it. You mentioned, um, I mean, we spoke about um, in previous to the podcast about comedians um, talking about allergies. And we was kind of saying how there's like some comedians which kind of take the piss or, or joke about the seriousness around allergy. And that was like based around airlines. And, and he mentioned about Sprover himself in nuts. Like, I mean, did that really anger you as someone with, it, uh, angered, it, it angered my friends a lot more than it angered me. Um, a lot of my friends told me about it. It angered my friends more than it angered me. Um, I just thought it was incredibly stupid. Do you know what I mean? To, yeah, I know everyone wants to make a joke. Um, and he's got a job to do. Obviously, he needs to pay another bill. But he needs to think a bit more seriously about what he's talking about. and. Um, just think more of, about being a better human. Yeah, like well, I mean, I actually watched it at home on um, it was on Netflix, and all my housemates turned around and looked at me as he's like making this joke, and I was a bit like, Ugh. um. But yeah, you don't, the thing is, you don't want it to be you. Why should we be the butt of all jokes? It's yeah. like being back at school. At the end of the day, no one chose to have it. Unfortunately. I developed it. You obviously, you must have either born with it, but developed it and you learned yeah, about it when you were so. five. Yeah, I think I probably never touched um, And it's just, these things happen. So why should we be the butt of all jokes at the end of the day? It's, it needs to just be taken more seriously. Or I'm up for a laugh, you know, challenge us on it. Yeah. Get on, um, was it Jimmy Fallon? Like, yeah, Jimmy, I can come on and talk about it. <laughs> I don't want to look like Hitch. I don't want to show you how ugly it can make you. I mean, we can get the pictures out. No. <laughs> that, uh, actually, it was um, quite surprising that um, I've been with my husband 10 years and it was only eight years in when he actually saw me have a nut attack. 
um, on a holiday to Spain. He'd never witnessed it before. Um, colleagues. How um, did he take that then when he, when he kind of he, experienced he, how serious it was? That night after um, we'd obviously had a meal, had several glasses of wine. And by the time we got back to the hotel, um, I was feeling a bit breathless. And I went to the bathroom and knew what was happening. And I was a little bit scared, actually, um, what? what his reaction would be. And I took two antihistamines really quickly. And, um, and then I, turned, I fessed up and told him what was happening. And by the morning, he actually stayed up majority of the night to watch me. And by the time I woke up in the morning, um, my face was still quite swollen in the sense that I remember we went down for breakfast because um, you need to keep eating once you've had the antihistamine so you can keep okay. having more. And they, the staff were so shocked on how different I looked. And you have to like put your glasses glass, on. Like I had big sun, glasses yeah, on. big sunglasses on. But he um, that night Googled what the translation was in Spain for every nut. So the next night, and the next day when we were out, he showed, he basically showed everybody, the staff, the staff um, because he was, you know, very, very worried. Yeah, I can imagine, like, definitely being in that situation and obviously seeing it as someone who's close to your loved one, get into that state where the arse swollen up and it is, like, I can imagine a really scary experience. Definitely for my mum, I find, as well, when mm. I go into anaphylactic shock, she gets, like, so, like, panicky like, and a bit worried and, like, she gets really upset about it. To honest, I've been in the car before where she's been in tears mm. when she thinks I'm having a really serious allergic reaction. It's like really hard to watch as well when you think back to it, kind of thing. Of, of well, the reason why she's so upset is that it is life and death. Don't you mean so? She is effectively watching her son, God forbid, dying, and she can't do anything about it. Yes, she can administer the adrenaline. But not always will the adrenaline work, do you know what I mean? So, and I think that's what, that's what I learned. You know, when I came round in the hospital bed the first time, my, I was bright red because my blood cells had raised to the surface to fight what was yeah, in my body. And um, I just didn't know what was going on. I was, it was like watching Casualty or a hospital program and you can hear all these machines going and I realized that those machines were going for me and it was that's how serious it was and seeing my parents there and both my sisters like in in complete shock doesn't mean that it was just overnight and not expected I think we've we've mentioned in the past that if you don't know anyone with an allergy a lot of people don't understand the seriousness of it and I think that's the kind of whole point of doing this podcast because I mean obviously we've spoke about traveling and then mm. i spoke to um natasha where she obviously has had fringe anaphylactic shots because of exercise and i've spoke to my friends about dating with an allergy and mm. i think it's just trying to educate people about the seriousness of it because mm. i think a lot of time people just don't pick up on it and also be not afraid to talk about it you know first dates no one wants to get kissed on their first date and go into shock so the best thing to do is to talk about it and yeah and again in restaurants as well like I didn't even think uh because there's been a craze of oils and what you can fry in 
you know, there's been a craze of like nut oil um, being used. I see and that, that's, yeah, moisturizers so, and gel gel. Even like frying French fries in nut oil, um, often we don't think. So if you're ordering a side, you think you've checked your, your meal, but then sometimes you forget to think about the side. I think oil is like the biggest thing which is going to catch you out. I mean, I nearly got caught out in Italy, but luckily like me, um, good friends, but Italian, like luckily his, his, his family are, are from there. So he, I ordered like a, a pasta and the bacon for some reason was cooked in nut oil. Mm. So if it wasn't for him who, who spoke uh, Italian, then maybe that wouldn't have been translated clearly in the message. And I mean, I could have gone into anaphylactic shots. So I think like oil is, is such an absolute nightmare, definitely mm. when you're eating out in a, in a foreign country mm. and trying to make sure that they definitely don't cook with like peanut mm. oil. Hope you guys enjoy this episode with Polly. I think it's been really fun to like speak to you about obviously like your experiences with allergies. And I think it's been really fascinating to find out how you did find out later on in life when you was 25. Um, and obviously like your stories of like traveling abroad. Have you enjoyed it? I've really enjoyed it, Dan. It's nice to talk to somebody else who has the same, not issue, but the same allergy as I have. And also to say to everyone, don't let it restrict you. Um, travel should be available to all. And hopefully one day we'll get the airlines to think differently and maybe more people around us to think differently about um, how serious it is to have a nut allergy. Yeah, definitely. Like, um, like I said, yeah, it's been incredible. Like, amazing to speak to you. Like, I mean, I think I drive my other work colleagues crazy talking <laughs> about my allergy and my podcast. So someone who actually like... <laughs> Doesn't mind me talking about allergies, it's fine. But um, yeah, thank you for listening to the Make and Tame podcast today. I'm really trying to break the stigma of allergies. So if you get a moment to share the podcast with a family member or a friend, like I honestly like really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe to me on iTunes so you don't miss out on any future episodes. And if you do get a minute, leave me a review on iTunes. It would honestly mean so much. Just a disclaimer, guys, all the information on everything we said on the podcast is our own opinion. I'm not a doctor or a GP. If you do have any medical advice, um, always make sure to seek out a GP or qualified health provider with any questions you might have regarding allergies. Um, like I said, everything we've said is just our own opinion of how we cope with our allergy. Hope you really enjoy the podcast and I'll speak to you guys soon. Bye.